This is the Roaring Elephant podcast for the 14th of July. And here is my fabulous, wonderful, amazing, awesome co-host, Jan. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, at least I'm in high definition. You're still across network wires. And that for that, we, we compress your video feed just to make me look better. I, I like yeah, this arrangement. I'm used to that. I'm used to that. It's fine. <laughs> oh. Anyway, welcome back. Our second full motion live action video podcast. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and, and today it's a news podcast. And you know what that means? That means we've got news to talk about. Oh, is that what it meant? You should have told me that like a hundred episodes ago. <laughs> I think that's what it means anyway. But yes, yeah. there is news. And I, although this, this, this first one is, is not well, really... Before you get into news, I got this little thing of housekeeping. I should have warned you about this before we started recording, but hey, this is live you now, so we can't do anything okay. anymore. Um, <laughs> we were, we're doing a giveaway of uh, ebooks from many publications from a couple of uh, episodes back. Uh, almost all of them are gone. We got a couple left. So if you want to have uh, data engineering on either ebook free for yourself, go and look up that episode two episodes ago. Have a listen and send an email. It's in the episode how to do it. I'm not going to repeat it now. Sorry about that. No delay. Email today. Anyway, back to our previously scheduled content. It's a news episode, although this is not necessarily news, but I think this this is the kind of information that definitely uh, bears repeating. So the first one is uh, around uh, a nice looking article from the visual capitalist on uh, how tech giants make their billions. And we've often, um, you know, we've often talked about how some of these organizations uh, make their money, but this I think is, to me, is really interesting. So like, I mean, I don't know how you want to, how you want to think about this, but I, I think it's kind of useful to like, it's the, like the major thing that they actually get their revenue from and then the thing that people in the tech space think of them for. Mm-hmm. So like Amazon, like 50% is online stores. I don't suppose that's that's terribly surprising, but it, it kind of was surprising to me that AWS was such a small component of that, but then such a small component of 281 billion so okay (laughs) (laughs) it's all relative isn't it yeah yeah Yeah, but don't forget that the whole aws thing was a spin-off of their own internal it stuff they needed a flexible scalable thing for their online stores and at a certain point uh smart idea let's uh put this up as a service and have other people pay us for our own infrastructure that's ideal right but Yeah. yeah i mean also one thing you don't see here is these um, and if you're not watching us on YouTube then you're missing all these glorious graphics we're showing right now but this is revenue this isn't uh, profit yeah I think and the thing is yeah. of course on the online stores they get 20 30 percent of the goods as profits for some things probably a lot less on most that whole cloud thing once it's installed sure you have to uh, write off the costs of the hardware and stuff like that, which already did anyway because it's their own IT running on that as well. But the rest is like pure profit, right? So that's why on their uh, when they do their quarterly views or end of year whatever, the uh, AWS is a very big part of their profit margin. 
Yeah, because they in in kind of tiny lettering below the the revenue number, their net income is. I mean, it's still a fairly res respectable eleven point six billion. So uh, yeah, they're they're still they're still not doing too bad. Hmm. And then it. So if we, I mean, there's 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 lots of interesting stuff here. The fact that they're sort of a third of a third of the share of the global cloud computing market, which again kind of surprises me because I would have expected them to be larger. But we'll, uh, which we'll see more as we... This one, you mean, the 30%? Yeah. Um, well, it's not that they've gotten smaller. It's that the rest and the f entire in cloud environment has gotten bigger. I yeah. mean, Amazon is still growing. AW, sorry, AWS is still growing. They're still getting bigger. But the other players in the market, uh, Google Cloud, uh, less, Azure, more... Uh, the other smaller players are like IBM Cloud, uh, Oracle has their cloud as well. So there's a lot more players on the market in the niche. But if you're looking at the three big ones, then you see that the growth in Azure and Google is actually percentually, not monetarily, mm. but percentually larger. So they're taking more of the new yeah. stuff that's happening because more organizations going to cloud, which typically did want to go to a grocery store that's also does some virtualization thing. I mean, if you're a bank, if you're a, if you're a government, you need certain uh, assurances, whatever, which Amazon was apparently not able to give, and the other clouds could. I mean, I worked in the Azure environment for a couple of years, so I have some idea what happened there. But yeah. basically, yeah, their market share is, on the one hand, shrinking on the total 100%, while they're still growing. So it's yeah. always dual to look at those things. But yeah, there's, there's, so, they've gotten smaller than I expected. I was still seeing them in the 40 low 40 percentage at least so 33 mm. is uh, interesting and this is a recent yeah. article right uh yeah this is a couple of days ago 2020 yeah there's no date here but yeah we just uh, found this one oh, you just just found this one recently so yeah so, um no four days ago so anyway keep keep going and we'll we'll talk very Apple. little about this one because it's not very interesting in my personal opinion uh, there's i mean there's, there's no there are no just no surprises here it's just iPhone is the majority of their revenue. Mm -hmm. like, again, no surprise. Um, services with Apple Pay, Apple Music, Apple TV is a fairly sizable chunk, and the rest is what it is. It's, yeah, Apple. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> oh, come on. You've got Apple everything. You you got Apple earbuds and everything. They're white, so they're Apple. No, no need to deny it. Uh, they're um, not, but okay. Now, the one thing I do want to remark here is the, their net income. Proportionally, it's a lot bigger than the Amazon one, which kind of proves that all IT tech gadgets are way overpriced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly, I mean, it's well known that the, the iPhone is, is, is basically profit margin. It's just hugely profitable for them. Yeah. I mean, Android isn't that much of a stranger to that anymore either. I mean, the, the, the days of the 300 euro or $300 Android phone is also, it's still there, still available, but... That's not what most people have in their yeah, pockets. Yeah, it's not the flagship the anymore. No. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I, I rock a, a OnePlus because in the days of the OnePlus, I think it's a 5 still, then they were still, I thought, reasonably priced, but looking at the new ones, I mean, and they're right. I mean, if Apple can make this kind of money of it, why wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, it's something that people often mistake, but the price of a product has nothing to do with the cost of building it or maintaining it. It's only to do Very with true. what's somebody willing to pay for it. So yeah. it's all our oh, fault. That's this, all I can get say. This, get this horrible stuff off the, off the, no, off no, no, the no. window. One more thing here. That's uh, <laughs> the Mac portion here. 
it's, I'm kind of surprised Mac is still larger than iPad. I was thinking about iPad, especially with their push for the whole iPad Pro being a laptop replacement. iPad is still mm. quite small. And I'm really wondering how the Mac percentage is going to change in the future now that they have announced that in three years, if I'm not mistaken, everything is going to go yeah, away from 8088 uh, architecture into ARM. Any thoughts mm. about that, sir? I think that uh, having lived through the previous evolution of uh, of chip changes that they did last time with their previous iteration mm-hmm. of Rosetta, I think it's going to be fairly miserable. Um, <laughs> Didn't expect it, you to say that. Go on. <laughs> the well, it's. I mean, it was. It I agree, was but... Pretty painful and awful last time round, um, and it, you know, I I'm definitely not an Apple fan or aficionado i have dabbled in and out of their ecosystem as uh, as work has demanded it but it's i think it 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 has a lot of like incredible positives for the platform like there's there's this this chance of um massively increased um battery life greatly improved thermals that like they've had miserable thermal properties due to hugely inadequate cooling and thermal throttling for yeah. pretty much as long as like the the um iPad um the the uh, I, uh the iMac not the iMac well the iMac does have some thermal throttling but the um, the Mac Pros definitely yeah, had the, problems the laptops had a lot of problems yeah, and all of the yeah, Intel exactly. CPUs got uh, under clocked under folded because they just couldn't get rid of the of the, the terminals yeah and the, so the, the, they've had problems like that for so long that, it, you know, I think this can only be a good thing. But I don't have any real confidence in their ability to effectively, um, like the the translation, x86 to ARM translation stuff. I mm-hmm. like they, they promised this last time it didn't work out very well. I I don't think it will work as well this time. People just have too many hacks and yeah. and extensions and weirdness in their software for it to work reliably for a lot of stuff and you know yes they've got versions of apple software and adobe software running but people run so much more than that on their machines so i i'm i'm looking i'm an interested bystander in this particular thing i will be watching as people tear their hair out and rant and rave and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a weird decision because when they went from uh, Risk to Intel, they, in my opinion, went for the mass appeal. They went away from the more restricted risk instruction sets, having specifically compiled for themselves to a more broad ecosystem. This does the reverse, and yeah, you're right about the thermal throttling, but that's the iPad. They've got a solution that already does all that with their own socks. The iMac. I mean, if I'm going to buy a Mac Pro to do heavy low heavy lifting stuff. I don't care if it makes a lot of thermals. It should have a way to get rid of those thermals, basically. So this, for me, feels more like a move from Apple to move even further away from the whole even desktop or laptop computing and totally into the mobile computing, yeah, towards that iPhone, which is clearly making them all their money. Hmm. Yeah, but you, uh, you, let's, 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 not, let's not forget, you're talking about an organization that at one point their flagship product looked like a trash can. Anyway, moving on. That still does, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a cheese grater now. Anyway. 
through. Alphabet, Google, the, our fabulous friends. Um, we yeah. often talk about the fact that don't confuse uh, the fact that, you know, Google is a tech company. It's not. Google is an advertising mm -hmm. company. And this is the, uh, this is very much the, uh, the image that slams that home for me. 70% yeah. of, uh, of their revenue comes from advertising through Google, Maps, YouTube, Play Store, Mail. You know, it's, it's all advertising. It's just one big advertising firm that happens to have like a tech arm sort of nailed onto it. And that's even with, <laughs> this is the thing that gets me here is that's, they carve out separately mm -hmm. their actual <laughs> Google ad service as well, yep. which is another, <laughs> another 13%. <laughs> oh. You know, Google Cloud anyway. is 5% of their full revenue. I mean, sure, they care about it, but again, just like with Amazon, it's their own IT infrastructure and their own, the whole technical advancements that they made are primarily, and that's not a bad thing, uh, incentivized by their own needs, but what they need yeah. to have that whole advertising machine running smoothly. And again, it's not a bad thing. They share a lot with the world as well, which is good. But if you're looking for a cloud provider, and people, definitely the developers uh, sphere, have a totally skewed view of this, I feel, that they think Google Cloud is much bigger than it actually is. Um... I've heard people say that Google Cloud was bigger than Amazon. Okay, They're, those people are clearly very deluded. I I haven't heard that kind of rhetoric. Um, I I mean I do like Google Cloud for a lot of things. I think mm -hmm. it is one of the easier clouds to consume, yeah. deploy services on, the and fast. part of that, and yeah, and fast, but. Part of that is because, you know, if you compare it to something like AWS, there are far fewer services available. Mm -hmm. So that sort of ease of use comes to, you know, does it have just what you want and no more or no less? You know, yep. maybe for some people that's definitely a, an argument. But yeah, this, <laughs> I don't think there's too much more to say on this, but just, yeah, it's an advertising company. Don't let, don't <laughs> let it confuse you with anything else. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that these graphs don't have a somewhat like last year it was this and now it's that. I have a little bit see how the circle is changing over time. It would actually be interesting to see if Google Cloud is growing compared to the rest of the uh, oh, I'm, or shrinking. Yeah, I'm sure I'm it is, sure. but yeah. I'm yeah. sure the advertising is also growing. It's just a fact, question of which is growing yeah, at a faster yeah, yeah. rate. <laughs> yeah, true, true. All right, moving on, moving on. Ah, finally, my... Uh... Now, this one, this one was, for me, the most interesting one. And the reason I think that is because just look how diverse Microsoft mm -hmm. is compared yeah. to any of the others. And I, yes, you know, they are the organization that's been around the longest, so may, maybe that's no surprise. But I just think... Mm -hmm. Like they've got a lot of a lot of fingers in a lot of pies, yep. um, and the fact that Azure is like a good twenty, you know, basically twenty six percent of their revenue is, I think, a a really positive thing for them. I think they've done incredibly well with in what, in, in my personal opinion, is a 
yeah, unfortunately, third-tier cloud provider. It's not my cloud provider of choice. Um, but I, I think they've done incredibly well with it, and it definitely has a, a very popular following. But the, su the surprising thing was they still get 25% of their revenue from Office, like nearly as uh, much as Azure. Yeah, but this I, includes 365, right? This is the whole service. Yeah, of yeah. I know, I That's get a that. Big thing. I get that, but that just really? the, the, <laughs> it just it blows my mind. Blows my mind. The fun thing is that they only get sixteen percent of Windows and twenty five percent of Office. That's because Windows is a product you sell and they give away for free at the moment. And Office yeah. it's a service. It's every month, little money, little money, little money, again and yeah. again and again. There's a reason all the big enterprises always... going to services, right? Yeah, but that's always been the case. Like Office has always made more than Windows did. Um, mm. Like for throughout Microsoft's history, in fact, I don't know whether, yeah, as you say, like there's no there's no sort of uh, history uh, in this, unfortunately. So it's difficult yeah. to know. But I that, yeah, there's this a little is, graph for the intelligent cloud revenue here. Yeah, side. but this is a company where I I would be really interested to see that uh, that ring over time um, yeah. and the sort of the breakdown because I think. I think that would show some really, really interesting patterns through their history. Yeah, I'm actually in, uh, surprised that we got this kind of a split because at the moment I don't think Microsoft's actually announcing numbers anymore for separation between Azure and Office and the whole Microsoft 365 thing. They kind of put that all together under one roof because yeah, basically the whole Azure thing is running on Azure, they say, so it's the same revenue thing. So it's kind of <laughs> interesting to see, yeah, it's all about how you do your finances, of course. Yeah, and actually, if you look at all the rest, they're also cloud services, right? I mean, they've got a bit of Bing search ads, percent <laughs> there. Oh, come on! If you're going to bring up Bing, then then we have to poke fun at that. Uh, I mean, I I'm surprised that that's more than 0.1 percent. I get that again. It blows my mind that they make any money off of Bing search ads. Of course, maybe it's Microsoft be doing employees. It. Maybe it's Microsoft employees binging things. I can only imagine. No, it's just big companies. They, they spread the risk around. I mean, yeah, you, you spend 90% of your budget, your marketing budgets on uh, on uh, Google, on, on Google search. But yeah, there's still a bunch of people that are using Bing search and no, uh, Microsoft is trying to make this more relevant. You don't have to help them. Competition is good. <laughs> I mean, if Bing disappeared, if, um, what's the no open source one again? I forget the name. Uh, it's this. not, I don't know it's open source, but DuckDuckGo no. you mean? Yeah, the, the privacy-based one, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. I mean, there needs to be a couple of smaller players or else it's domination. And I mean, Google Chrome, uh, sorry, Google uh, Search already has quite of a big yeah, say in what you see and don't see online. Yeah, so there definitely. needs to be stuff like this. And I know Microsoft is uh, trying to make Bing Search more relevant for enterprises again. And we'll oh. see if that works for them. But uh, oh dear. Yeah. I was surprised that uh, GitHub isn't on here. I mean, I can imagine that mm. GitHub doesn't really give that much revenue, but still there are, uh, how do you call that, uh, you can buy stuff other. on GitHub. Yeah, other, I guess, 2.4%. Yeah. 2 yeah, uh, or maybe, uh, to, that's, uh, I suppose we, we should be clear, I don't know where or when these numbers actually came from so at least six uh, months SEC, ago, I think. SEC, SEC filings from 2019 so mm. okay fair enough yeah and GitHub was already bought by them or, or joined yeah. with them at that point 
Yeah. Anyway, there's more. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> let's let's, let's oh, make this, this the one that we spend the absolute minimum of time on. Um, Facebook is an advertisement company. No. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. I I think we're right, done. It's done. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Indeed. Moving on, moving on. Let's let's talk. Let's talk quantum. Because Jan loves well, to talk quantum. Let's not talk quantum. I'd say. Yeah. It's your article. You can start talking about it. Uh, so I came across this article and I was like, ah, okay. So I, a, a bridging step between, you know, what we do today and, and the, the fabulous world of quantum that is either coming tomorrow or 5,000 years from now. Nobody knows. Um, the, the fine folks at uh, Fujitsu have come up with this uh, or have been talking about the their glorious box that you could see very briefly up uh, up on the article um, that is uh, powered by or does or uses the digital annealing which uh, uh, there is a there is a, a glorious Wikipedia article uh, of exactly what happens in that nice beautiful black box um, well no not really because this is talk about well, the real quantum annealing, and they have digital annealing, which, if I read the article correctly, means simulating annealing. Yeah, I think so. So I, I think this is the first case that I certainly that I have seen of someone who is what I would call quantum washing their um, their product or service. It doesn't seem to actually be. It's not quantum, no. um, but they are aligning it with quantum, and this is, you know, this is the the first time I've seen this in the same way that we saw ML, AI, big data washing of products, you know, a good five six years ago. Um, I, I one of the thing, the only thing that I think is a redeeming sort of feature about this conversation is. They do talk about like a little bit about the sales process for this particular product. And this is something I do think is kind of interesting because they, they talk about the fact that, you know, first of all, it's, it's an incredibly complex thing to explain to anybody. So like you go into a, a typical sales meeting and I'm trying to explain it. And most people ended up just looking at them blankly, like not understanding what on earth this thing does. Mm -hmm. uh, like they sent... They sent research scientists to financial services organizations and like the research scientists couldn't understand what the financial services people were saying and the financial services people couldn't understand what the research scientists were saying. So that didn't work out. And it took them, you know, again, reading between the lines a little bit, it took them quite some time to build out a complete sales team that could actually translate the hugely scientific mathematical jargon to something that could actually be consumed by a potential end customer and for them to actually you know join the dots between what a uh, you know what this thing could actually do for a, a potential prospect and I, I think that is a very real problem that um, 
technologies in in maybe not just this kind of space have, but stuff that is very cutting edge. Um, and I, I again, I would refer back to perhaps more of our time in the the big data, advanced analytics, ML, AI space. Now, if you go in with bits and bytes and features and functions and and that kind of conversation like in the majority of cases unless you're talking to a fellow propeller head like you you lose like you don't that is not a successful way to to approach that and i thought that was that was kind of interesting but yeah beyond that i'm not i'm not a fan i won't be buying a digital annealer anytime soon <laughs> sorry for jitsu no. I mean, Fujitsu has been behind a little bit in the whole quantum stories. I'm not even talking about technology, but at least talking about it. I mean, IBM's been big about it. Uh, Google's been in there. Uh, Microsoft's been in there. Uh, there's that uh, other American company, I forget the name. Uh, Wave Tech something, Wave Systems something. Fujitsu has been kind of absent and... Well, it's also been a bit absent, I think. Even when I was in the data center world, you saw a lot of Dells and uh, HPs and uh, Supermicro, but Fujitsu also kind of had a little bit of a niche not fitting anywhere, and this is a prime mm. example of the same thing, I'd say. So I, 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 would, I, would, uh, I would poke at that a little bit. I would say if you spent any time in... Um, if you spent a lot of time in APAC, you would see Fujitsu everywhere. If you spent I, any time in Japan... <laughs> then you would see wall-to-wall Fujitsu in data centers. If yeah. you look at their okay. if you look at their spread, like it's it is it's focused in that in that region. So yeah, but that's quantum not isn't. terribly surprising to me. If you're gonna go into quantum research, it's a global thing. I mean it's so new, it's so hot, it's so hard. You can't do this on a single continent. You have to be Fair. across the world with this stuff. Now the Fair. one thing I started reading the article and I kind of dropped off at this line here, the first one basically. So quantum computing <laughs> remains years away from full commercialization. Well, it remains, remains years away from full realization, I'd say, let alone commercialization. But they've mm-hmm. developed the next best thing: technology that applies the same concepts to classical computing. Now the whole concept of quantum computing is to find something that can do something that classical computing cannot do. By the simple definition that they do get <laughs> with classical stuff, it means it's not quantum. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah you're right. Is it quantum washing? Is it the first quantum washing? Um, I'd say IBM took the crown when they had four, five, six months ago, their big press release of the render of the nice glass cube with their quantum computing thing. But at least they're doing something with quantum. At least they're working on They have a qubit simulator available that you can run with, uh, which basically is what this is as well. They have a one qubit uh, simulator, if I read this correctly, which is great. People can play with it, work with it. But, I mean, yeah. Why does he try to sell this? I mean, how can you create business value from something that doesn't exist yet? You still, you say it's only when the, the fellow propeller head in the room is there, then you can have a real conversation. Yeah, but that's where quantum at the moment is. It's still in that stage. You're looking at uh, new technology development, ideas, creativity. Um, Microsoft took the sidestep of concentrating on the programming languages for quantum computing, which is a different kind of, again, technology building still. There is no real value to be had from the thing because it doesn't exist yet. And as this article quite rightly says, the years away, I totally agree. When it happens, it'll be major. But mm. 
I don't see it happening soon-ish. Um, unless people are lying to us, of course. I mean, the, the stealth fighter was flying around years before we knew it existed, so maybe this is the yeah. case as well. I don't think so. We, we, I think we, all know, we all know that the alien the alien ships that crashed in Roswell were all powered by quantum, so it, like, <laughs> it's all fine. Anyway, yeah. moving quantum on. Moving drive. on. Quantum drive exists. If you don't believe me, Galaxy Quest, guys. <laughs> Brilliant spheres are mandatory. Excuse me. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, I do have the uh, Wikipedia article here, so if you want to know more about quantum annealing and what it actually is supposed to be, you can read it up there. And as you can see, a lot of nice graphs and everything. And uh, there's actually a nice uh, picture of a chip there. A D-Wave, that's the other company I was looking for. They're actually the mm -hmm. furthest along in the whole quantum thing, but they're doing it a different way. They're not making real qubits. They're doing quantum chips. Anyway, how far are we in here? Oh, God. We've passed yeah, a half an hour, I think so... I think Let's we, we have we have one more that we can talk about, and that is if you are. <laughs> so, this is your article. So you talk about this. Uh, this is just yeah, yes. This is very light on technology. I thought thought this was it was a great one. Uh, it's an article on hack on the Hacker News, and it's uh, demonstrating a practical demonstration. So they actually did this: how they can uh, tap a conversation from a remote building by simply pointing a telescope or a good pair of binoculars at a light bulb in the room because sound waves make the light flicker just a little bit and through a whole neural networks and machine learning that's where the technology angle comes from of course they're able to reconstitute the entire conversation and they've got some um, sound bites on this site where you can actually see this is basically how it's supposed to work so you don't need any lasers or high-tech stuff it's just basically taking a movie, a video of that light bulb, throw it to a whole bunch of algorithms, and they were able to reconstitute, I think, a couple of uh, songs that they played there. I'm not going to play it here because we're going to get uh, demonetized. Yeah, we're not even monetized, so that would be a very hard thing. <laughs> <laughs> we would get a uh, takedown and stuff like that. But basically, see, this is their setup, just a pair of binoculars on a, on a room somewhere, and it just works. And it works on well, anything except LEDs, before you say exactly. so. Because LEDs, exactly. of course, have a typical more shielding around the light. You don't get that kind of stuff. But things like fluorescence, uh, normal incandescent lights, it uh, works on all that. And I thought it was great, because I've always heard the phrase that the walls have ears. Apparently, so have the light bulbs. So I... That so I had assumed that this was based on. Um, I had assumed this was based on the fluctuation of the not the fluctuation of the light as such, but the fluctuation of the filament. No, no, it's just the light, the intensity of light. That's the way they detect exoplanets. When the okay. exoplanet goes across the star, you can see a little flickering of the light of that star, so they can deduce a lot of stuff from that. It's not in the article, but my own theory crafting, I, I try. I think this is hmm. similar-ish. Just, I mean, at the moment, they can actually deduce the composition of exoplanets just based on the fact that the lights of that star flickered a certain way or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, sound waves, everything, uh, sound, vision, it's all waves, right? So, yeah, there are ways to make this work. And apparently, yeah, if it's a hoax, it's a very good one. Uh, but uh... yeah, I, I'm so I. My 
my initial sort of thoughts when you you shared this with me was yeah that's great that would have worked that would have worked really well in the like early 90s but we're all using leds now so it's completely irrelevant but now i'm not i'm not so sure because that was based on my assumption that it was incandescent bulbs only and it was related to the filament so i yeah i don't know that is yeah that is kind of interesting although as as i was saying the uh yeah the the sort of laser microphones and stuff like that have been have been doing this forever, and I know this doesn't require you know, the, the yeah, laser dot. And it's the barrier of entry that's gotten a lot lower again, because mm. those laser well, things are quite expensive, I mean, and you need to have the equipment. But now you any can kind go of to, those, go to your local spy store and pick those up really easily. Um, <laughs> no, if you, want a, if you want a laser that can actually traverse that uh, amount of space, twenty five meters. That's an illegal laser. You don't buy those in your local spy store. And of course, if you know where your local spy store is, it's not a very good one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway. That was a fun example of another way of using machine learning and neural networks to do, well, let's call it fun stuff as long as they do it with me. I've got blinds on my windows here, so I should be safe. Well, no, I don't because, again, the photons escape anyway. Yeah, you're never safe. You're never safe. We're doomed. We're doomed. What we come to. We're never safe, and most companies are advertising companies, is basically the conclusion of this Roaring News episode, I think. And on that uh, high note, if I can call it that, unless you have anything else to add? I have nothing else to add. It is all all you. In that case, if Dave has nothing more to say, then that definitely is all the time you have for today. You can support this podcast. You can become a patron if your contribution helps. We are on YouTube, as you can clearly see. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're listening to MP3, you can't see. But you can hear me say you can <laughs> see it. If you, whatever. You can like, you can subscribe, ring the notification bell, do all the YouTube stuff to make Dave happy. You can go to www.roaringelephant.org. You can find a link to a Patreon page there and more information about the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter using the Roaring Elephant tag and you can send feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is... I got the Twitter tag wrong again. Jon? And my name is Chuckling that you still keep getting it wrong, Dave. I look forward to talking and... Yeah, we're not seeing them, but we are... We're seeing each other. We're seeing each other, which is a good thing, I guess. Anyway, it's all going to happen again next week. Goodbye. (laughs) See you then.